just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog beef. Today we're joined by Batya. We just learned how the proper pronunciation. <laughs> Ungar Sargon. Yes. That was so perfect. <laughs> Excellent. And I, I, you are uh, you're at Newsweek. I saw, I saw you know you're. Um, do you work in a very tall building? Um, I work in a very um, small building um, in South Brooklyn, which is where my apartment is. I've actually never been to the Newsweek building, but Newsweek does um, exist in a very tall building that I've never been to. Oh, that's unfortunate. I've never been to New York City, so the whole tall building thing is, uh, I mean, I know how, how childish that sounds. That it, It's, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so is that uh, is that out of, like, protest that you've, I, I mean, you say you've, <laughs> <laughs> that you've never crossed the Mason-Dixon line, which is totally awesome, but is that, like, is that, like, on purpose or is that, like, by accident? No, I just <laughs> never had business there. <laughs> yeah, you know? when, you're, when you're a chud, there's not a lot of demand for you to be in Manhattan. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I think that the um, the sexual politics of, you know, liberal men <laughs> versus conservative, I think you'd be surprised about what liberal women are actually looking for. You might have a lot of success up here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess Brooklyn itself is our whatever our metrics where tell us that like, uh, I don't know what it judges by, but we're like the highest amount of subscribers is Brooklyn, which is hilarious. Oh God, I love that. I love I love that now when I get on the subway and I look around, I can picture these people listening to you guys. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. Buffy, put on the hillbillies. Quite <laughs> well, I have a lot of questions for you guys if you're ready to get started. Absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> um, no, seriously, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's, it's uh, I mean, um, being given access to your platform is a really big deal for me. I really respect what you all are doing out here. Um, okay, so my first question is this. Um, have you guys always had the same, like the opinions that you have now, more or less? Or did you go through a period of like radical transformation where you arrived at your views that you currently have? Uh, I think I haven't, I think I've been the same. Merrick, you've changed, right? <laughs> you think that you haven't changed? Okay. Yeah. I mean, when I was like 19, I was talking about Stalin and, and all, all the same stuff. Yeah. Know? Well, when I was 19 years old, I was also extremely conservative. And then uh, in my 20s, I was not extremely conservative. And then I found my way back there eventually. Well, it, it, let's let's be real. Uh, during the, there was that, that time period. I don't know. Let's let's say um, the height of like John Stewart and stuff. Do did we ever like li like liberal stuff? Like did we ever like John Kerry? I don't think well, so. Well, okay. So <laughs> the, the conservatives uh, appeared like very silly during those times. Well, it's not just silly. Like okay, what what happened as soon as we became adults? Like nine eleven and in the Bush years. And it, mm -hmm. uh, what are you gonna do? Like I, rem I remember uh, Howard Howard Dean running for uh, president, and I guess two thousand four, yeah. and he, <laughs> yeah, before the yard, and he specifically said, you know, I want the vote of the guys who have the Confederate flags on the back of their truck, and they killed him for that and made him apologize immediately, and like <laughs> you know, I, I, I voted for Jim Webb when he ran for Senate, but like I don't know it. 
Yeah, that doesn't count. He's he's uh, right wing, so. Yeah, I, I would I would say that definitely the 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 kind of radical politics that seemed necessary in two thousand and seven and six or two thousand and seven, and the kind that seemed necessary in two thousand sixteen, it really felt a lot different. Right. I don't know, maybe that's an excuse. But you but you you came back to conservatism before twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was it was it was probably around it was it was really around two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen when like the cultural revolution started happening. Uh-huh. And there were these we had we had these conversations with some of our friends who were like, But yeah, don't you understand all these things that are happening? Like they're Oh that, that's a that's a great point. Okay, so we we were like uh uh we've known each other for forever. Mm-hmm. And we've always discussed everything. We always mm-hmm. discussed politics and and among other people too. And as I, I don't know what they call it the Great Awakening. I don't know what it's this 2013, 2014. <coughs> Uh, we, you know, we, we, we just always discuss everything just full throttle. All of a sudden, like conversations start to get like, um, you, you can't talk, you can't really have conversations anymore. Basically you couldn't, we couldn't discuss things with, with our more, more out, like, m- you know, uh, maybe if Mer- maybe, you know, Merrick, uh, didn't agree with the, uh, the Iraq war or, or whatever, but like, you know, we, we had friends that were attending, um, oh, no, yes. yeah. Occupy Wall Street and stuff. And so those people would just shut, shut down conversations. Like it was no longer cool to discuss anything. Here's a very specific example. In in like the mid two thousands, the argument was that we need, like that we had, we had to have massive changes. These banks are running, they're, they're running wild. They're, they're doing all these crazy stuff. We got, we got to take care of, we got to deal with the banks. We got to give people health care. And it was like, you could, you could go along with that. I didn't. I would get in arguments with people about it, like abortion, but uh, but my but my view was that okay, well, whatever, we can disagree with about that, but we we both hate the banks, right? Mm-hmm. We, we both want to destroy, we both want to destroy Citigroup. Mm-hmm. But then it 2012 rolls around, like actually, Citigroup threw a rainbow flag on the right. on the on the logo, and now they're your best friends. So it's like, what are, what are we even doing anymore? Okay, so here's my question, because this is so interesting to me, because you're both from the South, right? That's something I, th- I heard on the show, right? So um, there, there's been a big shift um, in the South over the last, let's say, 50 years on questions of, like, you know, race and things like that. I mean, a lot of people in the North don't know this, but, you know, you look at the polling on stuff, you go down and you talk to people of all races, right? There's been, like, I mean, actually, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but my understanding as a reporter going down there is that there's been, like, just massive change, cultural change at the social level, at the cultural level in terms of something that I would have called, like, you know, it's no longer, you know, politically correct to talk in a certain way that was acceptable 30 years ago, even, you know, 20 years ago. You know, there are certain opinions that, you know, 30 years ago were mainstream about, let's say, interracial marriage that today are just like completely no longer mainstream. Um, and and um, th- but so so talk to me about the difference between that shift that I'm curious if you guys noticed that like it throughout your if you're too young for that or if you noticed that versus what happened with the Great Awakening where to where like the liberals act like the Great Awakening is the same thing as that massive cultural shift. I don't think it is, but I'm curious like what it is. Does this, does this question even make sense, you guys? That that's very funny. Uh, that so on Sunday, like everybody, in my family all goes over to my grandma's house. We all uh, we all eat lunch together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, whenever there's, uh, I don't, so you know, there'll be this large group environment. Whenever someone brings up that like one of the boys in the family has a girlfriend or something like that, 
my uncle, the first thing he does instantly, zero, zero milliseconds in between someone says that, like, oh, he's, um, you know, your cousin's dating somebody, who, uh, you know, you got a girlfriend now. I'll be like, is she white? Now, this is very fun. I mean, so his, his, he's married. His wife is not white. Uh-huh. So this, so this just like, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, it, it's, it's almost like we're paying tribute to this thing that, that we're talking about here, but that no one respects the, these, these, uh, uh, social mores anymore. Um, now, you know, the thing with the, the, the South and the culture, I, I, I did a bunch of tweets about this the other day. There's a lot of confusion about this, uh, because uh, people will talk about the left, the, like the left and the right is like, they'll, they'll say like, you know, Republican and Democrat, Southern strategy and all this. And what, what they don't get is that like, uh, the whole, there's a third party in the United States and that is the South. That's the redneck. <laughs> this is where like the biggest example, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but the biggest example. And so these people are free agents, right? So uh, they voted for Reagan and they voted for Clinton uh, just depending on who, who pandered to them. Uh-huh. The, be- the best example would be uh, 2016 uh, Jim Webb, who Merrick brought up is, is the king of uh, like this Scots, Irish Southern, redneck uh he ran as he basically endorsed trump in a in the same election that he ran as a democrat in this was that you know he was the guy in the democrat right right right, yeah yeah so it's it's always been there he's got a book called born fighting that sort of talks about this there's a lot of weird nuances to the way that the southern politics is because it's um i don't know yeah all right uh there's two answers to this question. There's mm-hmm. like the nice answer, and then there's the real answer. And the real answer is, <laughs> I, in my entire life, I'm not sure that I've ever gone to a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner where somebody did not say the N-word, ever, up until 2020 to 21. Just, just, <laughs> the, the, the reality is, for a lot of people, they didn't, they didn't really change their minds at all. What happened is now they know that people will go ballistic on them if they say anything about how they feel about these subjects. So they just say them in private and they just, <laughs> there's kind of been a problem with the idea that we've, that there's all this social progress that's been made because if you look at like the outcomes the preferences that people are actually, you know, where people choose to live, where they send their kids to school, uh, who they marry, actually, that it's just not, the, the progress hasn't progressed very far, right? Like the schools are supposedly more segregated than they were 50 years ago. I don't know if that's actually true. I've, I've heard complaints about that. Certainly neighborhoods in a lot of places have become far more segregated than they, than they, than they certainly than they were 60 or 70 years ago. I'm not sure that that progress actually happened. And I think that if you release the floodgates and let people just say whatever they wanted to, uh, every, you would find out that like literally everybody is, uh, is racist against each other. <laughs> but, but don't you think that it's good that people now have like, um, uh, social pressure not to say the n-word or you don't think that's good for one thing i i don't come from like a background of people who would like say the n-word in public to begin with that's uh-huh. just not how uh-huh. you're, you're like you're not southern right yeah, no yeah. I'm, not, I'm not southern <laughs> how could you tell it's shocking yeah me i'm connecticut born and raised uh, what, what about uh, you ever uh we used to talk about this all the time howard stern used to have this like he would have clans he would have a, a clansman character on his show and the, the you know in the 90s when racism was basically like it just wasn't didn't seem like a problem i don't know i, I guess um yeah he, he yeah. this 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 clansman character would say these crazy things and it was just like nobody felt threatened by it. 
Nobody, right, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. One of my ancestors in the Civil War wrote a book about his experience in the Civil War. It was published in the early 20s or late teens, whatever. It was a period of time where if, if he wanted to write in the book, the N-word, he could have done that and nobody would have cared. He didn't, he didn't refer he didn't refer to the mm-hmm. blacks that way. He mm-hmm. used the more politically correct terminology at the time. But like he's a guy who literally fought and almost died for the Confederacy. Like the, the, it was always been low class for people to say the N word in public. It's like you're not going to hear people, anyone in the South, like sh- shedding tears over the fact that you're you're not that you're not supposed to do that anymore because really non low class people weren't doing it anyway. But as for the, the have the people's opinions changed? In in some ways they have, but I think that a, a lot of this and, and that doesn't just apply to white people; it applies to black people, Latino people, everybody. They don't really feel the way that they have to report. You know, to Newsweek, if Newsweek asks them how they, <laughs> how they how they feel about other races, right? If you're doing the power, the racial power rankings, you're probably not going to get the most sincere answers. Right. Okay. So this brings me to another question I have about you guys. Like something that I really, really value and respect about you is that you have drawn a line in the sand about you know around questions about racism and stuff like that. Like. Uh, you know, in terms of like being on the dissident right, like there's some who don't do that. And I, I really admire that you have, but I, so I'm wondering like, where is that line? And like, you know, when does the, how do you know when shit posting goes too far when you like exist in a shit posting um, environment? Do you know what I'm asking? Like, it's, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this happens. It, by the way, this happens every now and then it would happen. Uh, you know, when we were talking about those liberals before where, um, you know, there's this sort of uh, a playful, joking amount of uh, racism that you we would, you know, let the, the shit posting level. And then one of these liberal friends, they would just like uh, freak out and um, go way further than we ever would. Uh, I, <laughs> um, like, uh, just, 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 just saying you know, crazy. You know how somebody from like the Southern Hemisphere, they're, they've been exposed to malaria their whole life. So it's like they get a little bit sick. <laughs> like, it's like that's Southern racism is like that. We're just kind of. It's, well, it's it's really it's 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 a much milder strain. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, so that we have uh, so we, in the past week or so, we've been attacked for no, they they said you guys are not racist enough, and this is this is <laughs> and, and this is like a uh, this is a, a a a real fight that goes on on the right, and it's basically the southern and it's basically the southern uh, the southern one, and and it, it all goes to this this I, I guess that. Uh, right wingers from the north and California stuff, they have a lot more, um, you know, be like, well, every black person lives on the entire other side of town. It's not really like that in the deep south. Yeah, yeah. People, sorry, yeah, it's not really like that in the deep south. Like, there's more, uh, I guess, integration over, but okay, so in terms of like, uh, so we, we joke a lot, etc. I will never be questioned like in terms of like the legally and stuff and policy. Uh, I would like everybody to be treated equality under the law, uh, which would be uh, the reverse of the situation right now with the civil rights act. And, you know, if you apply to a college, uh, you are not treated equality under the law. White people and black people in the South for like for literally 400 years have, have been around each other and like developed euphemisms and understandings between each other that, like some pe- people in other places don't necessarily have. So that's why you'll see somebody who's like, who lives in like LA or, or Boston or whatever. They'll just go buck wild. Well, what, so what, where, where do you guys see the biggest threat like to America coming from? Do you see it coming from like the far right or the far left? Or like, what would you say is like, you know, the number one threat that you're concerned about? 
neither of those. The, uni- the university system. <laughs> uh huh. Just just the university system, or like the whole, you know, like uh, you know, corporate cor- corporate woke uh, apparatus, like you know, with its tentacles and government and in universities and in corporations and all of that. I'll give our customary shout out to Mr. Yarvin. He put he laid out a great theory about this. The you know journalists and the in academia and NGOs and government working together in tandem with with one goal. But I do think that the university system is the backbone of of these people who were torturing all of us and have been for the last few years. Like the, they can't they couldn't function without that. It's not like that's necessarily. That's the sole source of their of their power. But if you if you got if you if you brought them to heal there, deal with a lot of the problems that we have right now. Yes. The universities uh so <clears throat> universities basically hand out the class system in this country. So uh who just like uh they decide who uh really you know, really if you go to Harvard, you go to Yale or you go to, to community college or whatever, that that's gonna determine the class system. Also, like things like law and stuff, I mean, uh, you know, when the, the the like Harvard like publishes like the the law dictionary and stuff, so like uh, they are you know that they, they hold uh, hold all all that power and stuff. How you know it, it is super dispersed and stuff. Um, it, like it, I guess you know, so. You, I don't know if we, what we're talking in terms of collapse or this kind of thing. I, I know sort of civil rights law is was probably one of my big hobby horse. This is uh you know uh, Christopher Caldwell and stuff. This is a uh, an instant win button that is going to continue to drive. Um, uh, I don't know. Like it does. If, if there's no brakes on on civil rights law, then that's just that's well. Then there's no limit to where to where it can go. Uh, that's that's one of the things uh, I throw around. Uh, there's just resource limits. Uh, to be honest, uh, civil rights law and immigration, in my opinion, if we, in terms of policy, mm-hmm. it does it does not feel like. Um, you know any kind of gains made in the United States or whatever we we must share it with the world. I mean, uh, it, uh, 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 th- that one's a big problem for me. Academia is the broken sewage pipe, and <laughs> anything like fixing things without reforming the relationship that the university system has to the government, to civil society at large. Without without dealing with that, you just you're just you're, you're, you're not even bailing water. You're bailing sewage out. It just, it, it's just—it's going to be a dirty and ultimately useless task. It's so funny because I—I I look at academia and I just think, like those people are making themselves so irrelevant. Like for the first time in my entire life, Americans are getting more conservative because of all of this crazy left-wing overreach and. Um, I look at like, you know, recent Supreme Court decisions, you know, like we've got this like, you know, getting rid of Roe v. Wade or getting, you know, the um, the, the concealed carry ruling from today. Like it, it, I just feel like the, um, you know, academia just it, to me, it just seems so like it's like it's never been more irrelevant to like American culture and American society. Strong disagree there. All the all the things that happen that encourage this backlash came from academia and like they were they were fringe concepts in academia 10 15 years ago and now they you know the president of the united states supports them every every fortune 500 company supports them i i mean i agree that they have have possibly hurt themselves mortally because uh, like the, the the big change in is that if you look at polling between uh americans like 
everybody who's not a Democrat is losing faith in the university, in, in public, in like university education, which is really strange because if you grew up, if you, if you went to school in the, in the eighties and the nineties, like the idea that college education was like the, the, a, a universal good. It was like the, the best thing that you could do for somebody. Well, the fact that like now 30, 30% of Americans think that the university system is a bad influence on the country, that that's a problem for them. I mean, however, they don't really, they might not really care what people think because like, well, for example, let's just use the, the current administration, for example, mm-hmm. everything's going to shit in, a, in an insane rate. And like, what, 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 is, what is he doing today? The president announced that title nine no longer is dependent on biological sex. And he wants to take the nicotine out of cigarettes. Like they're not, <laughs> they don't seem worried. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they maybe they think that they don't have to worry about accountability to the public at large. So the college is also the biggest uh basically patronage network for uh Democratic yeah. Party. There's I mean just in terms of like um I guess storytellers, people who come up like uh you know media people or whatever that that sort of uh come up with ideas that you know that which would be a big deal in a democracy. I mean, does the does the media even compare to academia? I think about how many professors. Think about just like what if you just had control of the law schools, just the law schools. I mean, there's so 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 much power there. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, we've seen. We look at the failure of uh, Jonathan Haidt. He had he was going to try this project. Like, well, we'll get, we'll just have like uh some Republicans in these departments now. Like, you know, th- it was a great experiment because you could like. Like what would what would be a Republican social scientist? Like what would that even mean? <laughs> that, like totally. Th- th- that's just not how like right wing stuff works. They, they, they just they, there's it's just a, a meaningless concept, you know. Yeah, but I just I guess I just feel like the um the like I I think that the the latent power in the American people is enormous and um they're complete, you know, the total, uh, the crisis in expertise that we have right now. I just think Mm -hmm. that that's so like heartening. And I I look at what happened with COVID where you had this, like, you know, everybody were criticizing, right. In lockstep demanding a certain kind of adherence, a certain level of adherence based on their like quote unquote expertise. And in the end, like the pandemic ended when the American people were like, um, no, actually we're not doing this anymore. Like just like utilize like the power latent within them to say no to it. We don't trust your expertise anymore and we're not doing this anymore. And it just seemed to me like this total rebuke of like, like I, I just felt suddenly like really hopeful, like that um, all of these um, institutions that are failing, um, everybody can see it now. Like it's all very obvious now and we're in the beginning of this moment of, of people saying like, no, screw that. Screw college education. Like all they teach us there is that we're supposed to have contempt for like the people who like do everything in this country, you know? Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's, um, that, that, that's right. Yeah. That, that's right. So like, uh, this is like, we would never have known. Uh, I don't know. This is, it's tough to say whether this is, uh, either like the system fraying or it's just social media. Uh, a lot of this stuff was totally true back in the times where everybody just sort of went along and thought everything was, was happy right. and awesome. We just had no idea. Uh, a lot of these colleges, especially they were, they were, I mean, so, you know, in my hometown, uh, we have, the, there was like a, um, there's like a spring break party scene thing kind of thing. Uh, the thing is like, they partied way harder in like the, in like the seventies and eighties, but nobody knew 
Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody had any idea. Now with social media, like, uh, you know, if, if, if they basically shut it all down because it just, it took a, a couple of times where people shared videos and like, Oh wow, this, this is totally out of control, but it was, it's not, but it wasn't really, people just had no, we would have no idea of knowing we would have never, you know, we would never have known what, what this stuff was like. Like, you know, in terms of these experts, we, we brought in a guy the other week that was talking about how these experts are influenced in terms of, um, just like climate change policy or something I like, uh, th- I mean, and this was a guy with an advanced degree himself. People weren't talking like people, you wouldn't have say that, that there would be things like academic fads and, and something like a, uh, uh, you know, client scientist or something that, you know, that that's, um, you know, uh, if you ask mo- a lot of right wingers these days, something like peer review means nothing to them. Yeah. It means nothing like this is, well, of course we know this is totally fake, et cetera. People didn't say that 20, 10, 20 years ago. They, but so you're totally right. I mean, there's, uh, that that is uh, that is all good. Yeah, we would never have seen this stuff. Can I dump a bucket of cold water on this? Like, <laughs> I, I, people in the 30s and 40s, when the system that we live in was being built, like they they said, "Hey, look, watch out!" They, they pointed to what was going to become the administrative state. Nobody, I mean, nobody did anything about it until the 70s when they had a similar kind of backlash that we're having now. And, and there were a lot of con- academic concepts that people rejected then, and there was a backlash, and there was kind of the, the ratchet turn, the, the the rat you know the ratchet stopped turning for a moment, and maybe you could say there's even a little bit of pushback, but you know after ten or fifteen years, that was forgotten, and we went right back on the same course that we were on before. So like. I, I think that the do you think key. Jeb, do you think Jeb Bush would even run anymore? I don't know. That's uh, I, you'd have to. You, you, <laughs> you know you what can, I'm saying? I know. I, I get. I get that. But like, I'm just saying that they they're playing. I think they generally genuinely don't care about. They don't have any concept of accountability to the public. Like that's the opposite of what they believe they do. They they think that their job is to manage the public. You know, scientifically. Oh, oh, or okay. Whatever. Well, well, there's another. There's another thing that's going on here. Is this thing? Uh, we talk about uh, this. Uh, what, what is the the Turchin thing? Uh, the revolt of the elites. No, no, no. The, the, there's. Oh, uh, so that was Lash. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, elite overproduction. You know, I, you know, I don't read, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, elite overproduction, and uh, so I don't know if exactly the theory is true. Uh, what I do know is that um, when uh, when a when a professor job goes open. So I, I, um, so I dated a girl that was at this, uh, prestigious, uh, like biology program, uh, you know, doing the PhD thing. And when they would get applications, they would, they would just like the first thing they did when they were going through the applications, they take the whole stack and they would just throw half of them in the trash because there's, there's like, there's just so many applications for every, everything there's. And so this is where you have like, uh, I don't know if you saw during the, the Antifa stuff during the, the, whenever those last time they rioted, which will be going around this time. A lot of these, these <laughs> people out there doing this, they were, there are people that, um, they assume that they would be professors now and they're not, and there's just not enough room for it, for, for, for these people to do that. Yes. That, yeah. I, 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 um, um, I very embarrassingly got a PhD and was um, in that whole milieu for a while. So I'm very familiar with it. But I think that um, uh, <laughs> it's definitely real, the elite overproduction thing. And now I'm in journalism, which is even worse. It's like, the you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you thought I thought I was getting away from it. And then it followed me there because like when I was, you know, like the, all this woke nonsense was like, you know, going on when I was in school. And then I became a journalist like before it really hit. 
And then I was like, I immediately recognized it when it started filtering in. I was like, there's no way like normies are going to buy this. But like, that's the problem with like the left is like it's populated by people who, who have these like ridiculous degrees, you know, who have been exposed to all of this stuff. And so this stuff kind of travels because it's like, they, they're all like, you know, swimming, it's lubricated with all of the like, uh, you know, critical race theory that they were forced to study in grad school. Um, but I, ju- I guess I just feel like, um, by, by the way, yeah. that, that girl I dated, so she was, uh, she was brilliant, brilliant. I read, I read her, like, I don't know where they call it at the end of your, your PhD, th- or maybe the beginning. Yeah. I, I like I couldn't get through like the first page. I couldn't get through the first few, few paragraphs. There, she's like a ex, like a, a total expert in like one of these like in like in him. By the way, this was uh in like you know the, some kind of like virology thing. She she was so big of a deal that she uh had a interview at the White House under a Democratic administration, and they threw out the, like uh you know she's she's doing the application. They asked her to name a Supreme Court justice. She said, "I don't know one." And that because like why would she? She's like a nerd. She just assessed with her work. That was the end, end of her application because wow. that, that, that tells you everything you know about uh, the experts. Totally. No, did you totally? Did yeah. you go to like a, one of these small private schools? Um, no, I went to Berkeley. Okay, okay. Because you know, like when, when I think of like why these people will you know kill for one of these jobs, one of these <laughs> these that, these professors' jobs, I went to there's um. Uh, at Rollins College in Central Florida, just like it's some little. If you're if you're super rich and your kids, you know, uh, party too much and you can't get them to uh, real nice school, you send them there, and you're just in this like, <laughs> you know, you're in this little just secluded place, and everybody knows you. Or Stetson University, I dated a girl there. So and, you know, Stetson University, it's like it's super rich. Everyone knows your name. Everything you do is important. Like ever, like it was just like I, I could, I could, I totally understood why they would just like do anything to get one of these jobs. Maybe not so much like uh, you know grading huge stacks of papers at a, a junior college, but you know what I'm saying. So you went to UC Berkeley and then you became a journalist, and now you dedicate your time to like talking trash about woke people. How long have you been a masochist? <laughs> Um, actually probably, um, much longer than I was either a journalist or an academic, but, um, it, no, it's true. I, I, um, I, I really, I'm not very popular. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, look, I mean, only 6% of Americans identify as progressive, right? Like, so it's really, like, yeah, that was a Pew study that, and how did they put people in the progressive, um, box? It was like, if they, so the, here was the, one of the main questions. It was like, do you believe America's institutions are so deeply racist that the only solution is to raise them <laughs> to the ground and rebuild them from the bottom up? And 91% of people who are in the progressive camp said yes to that. Only 6% of Americans are were in the progressive camp and only 6% of black Americans were in that progressive camp. And so it's like, it's the whitest and most affluent, most overeducated of all of the demo- the subgroups in the democratic coalition. Just, this is all just from that Pew study from, I think it was about a year ago. So I, I just, I, to me, it's like, it, yeah, they're, they're really noisy on Twitter. Um, but like, it, as soon as you get out of those spaces, um, it, it, I just like, I, it's like, it just feels like it's like this moment of like the people know, like they're just saying no to all of this. And it's really like, 
like like I don't know if you were following that whole thing in the Washington Post with um that that guy made a he retweeted this like really funny joke like yeah, the, right? the, yeah. the, the wax statue of Ron Jeremy yeah I've seen that guy on Twitter <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so he tweets this thing you know all girls are bi you have to figure out if it's bipolar bisexual like hilarious he untweets it he apologizes deeply and then this woman goes after him repeatedly over and over and over and over um, and he got put on um, you know unpaid leave for a month but she then got fired and it was like she made the mistake of thinking that it was still 2020 right it's not it's 2022 and we're like we're in the woke lash i mean people have had enough of this and um i i think that the contempt that um you know the elites the liberal elites have for regular americans it's so apparent it's so they and they can't even hide i mean that's the funny thing about is like people keep saying the democrats have this like terrible messaging you know fix their messaging i'm like the messaging is awesome it's excellent because it's showing what they really think like they can't actually change the messaging or improve the messaging because that is what they believe like that there's nothing beneath that right it's like they're aristocrats Uh, Exactly. exactly. Their problem isn't that they're only 6%. The problem is is that they're not like 3 or 2%. If they were 3 or 2% still, they could probably just uh, go along and and fund everything they need and and pay pay off all the people and feed all the mouths they have. Like as it grows, like eventually that 6% is going to become 10% because I I don't know, man. I feel like it's shrinking. I mean, the jobs are not there anymore. Like journalism is half the size of it was 10 years ago as an industry, right? It's all this is shrinking. So yeah, the competition's getting even more and more vicious, which is why you're seeing all this like, you know, horrible behavior, why they're so horrible and vicious. But at this, I do think that a lot of this stuff is kind of like, that you know, it's it's uh, it's really becoming clear, like how disconnected it is, and how sort of yeah. Well, I you know, know a lot of that journalists. Is, that <laughs> is wonderful news, by the way. So I had, <laughs> I had never I had never thought about that at all. We you know we 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 talked to uh you know we we talked to people the last couple last couple of guests. You know, I've asked them like uh what wh- what needs to happen or whatever, and they said, well, you know, by the way, people like you or people in your you know uh. uh I, I guess other people, you know, uh, you, you know, going to professionals, urban, et cetera, need to look around and, and question like, like, you know, how is this going? You know, I never really followed up with that story. I, I just automatically assumed that because uh, this kind of story, I, I don't want to name names, uh, has kind of happened a couple of times. And, and these people just sort of, they, uh, or by the way, we know people, we know someone that works at a university library. And there's someone there that just goes on these these like tantrums and tirades because they, they word it this way, like uh, they just get away with, with murder and everyone just sort of walk around eggshells around them while they and by the way, this this person is just flinging themselves up the corporate la- I mean, up, up the ladder <laughs> by doing this. And so that person <laughs> getting fired is I mean, well, that that is that is different, like. But also, like, even, did you guys read that piece in The Intercept? Oh, you, you want some good news? Like, if you're on the right, go read this piece by Ryan Grimm at The Intercept about all of these progressive organizations that now spend 98% of their time not doing their advocacy, like fighting for abortion rights, but fighting between, like, the unions and management, you know, like, where the management will concede and be like, okay, you can have unlimited paid vacation days, you know, no deadlines was one of the demands, no deadlines, you know, all you have to do is not disparage the company on Twitter publicly, (laughs) 
and like it, you know, in the run up to this like really important time, and and the union will be like, no way, you know, what are you talking? We demand the right to disparage you, you know. So it, it's like all of the progressive spaces are now like have come to a screeching halt. Because please, baby, this. don't make a scene in public. <laughs> you can yell at me as much as you want right. when we're back at home, but please, right? Exactly. It's like totally nuts. It's like it's. I mean, I think it should be great news to people on the on the right. But I so okay, wait. So so I have another question, which is well, so what would working look like to you guys? Like what would the government, if like, if, if you were like, you know, had total power and you could solve all the problems, like what would success, like what would a successfully operating relationship with the university look like? What would the government be involved in? What would it not be involved in? Like what would, what would working look like? So, uh, I know like I, uh, so I would have my preferences, but there's something that people say all the time. So, uh, one, one, there's a, uh, this this motif people talk about all the time now, especially on the right, is that liberalism has failed, right? So that liberalism is over, etc. Et, et, et now, but you know, everybody basically would, you know, if there was some deal, part of the, this this thing is that if there was some deal where everybody could get back to liberalism, people would just be like, okay, yeah, yeah, just do it, mm-hmm, just do it. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. just want to go back to to you know going to or doing our jobs, or whatever. And so uh, this is one of these things, you know, on the right, people have talked about. Um, uh, so Sean, our, uh, this is nothing like us, but, but a lot of people like us sort of think about like these models, like a East Asia, like Singapore and stuff where there's, uh, you know, some kind of like, uh, more business crackdown, uh, authoritarian thing that gets people back to that level. Uh, now, I mean, in terms of what, what is the total, the, the total package look like? I mean, uh, if you're asking me, uh, it would be uh, like authoritarian right wing and stuff, but I don't think that, that that has any like any chance of uh, any chance of uh, working. What, uh, so what exactly do you mean by that? You mean like the government would be like mandating like marriage before pregnancy, like that kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think that I don't think that's totally realistic. And so like or, your mom and dad should be mandating that. Not the government. <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, so, so, you know, there, there's just sort of talking about things and then there's like, uh, well, let's should only look at things that are like, uh, actually in reality. So what, what do we see? Uh, I don't know. What do you think of, what do you think of what, uh, DeSantis is doing in, in, in Florida or even what he's proposing? He's sort of messing with the universities. They're telling them that they can't, they, uh, I think he's done. You can't teach like crazy racial stuff, et, et cetera. But why would you call that authoritarian? Why wouldn't you call that liberalism? Like to me, that's he's like a classical. He's bringing back the. <laughs> well, you, you're going to like basically you're he, going he has to have a mandate. Like he has a democratic mandate to be doing that. As far as I'm concerned, like he has you know 65, 70 percent support, including over 50 percent of Democrats supporting all everything that he's doing. So to me, like why why would you call that like authoritarian? Oh, I mean, I, 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 I guess more defensive thing. Basically, you're going to have mm-hmm. to. We've seen. Uh, so, you know, we're populist with capital P. And that starts with Andrew Jackson, who basically did this exact same thing. And so what what this person would have to do, basically, uh, you know, when we saw we saw Trump, we saw, uh, you know, the main thing problem for the right at this point is this thing called deep state. Right. So when mm-hmm. Trump signs and signs a bill, it goes through like 100 people's hands. And further, it goes through like all these enforcement things. It's kind of like when you sign that when you sign a law anymore, say that something's illegal, that doesn't matter at all. Well, you know, who who, who cares? It's just the balance not gonna not gonna support. You know, if you but if you sign a law that says you can win a civil court 
lawsuit if this happens to you all that then the, the law like uh immediately you know uh things start happening mm-hmm. uh but like this person is going to have to ignore courts uh basically do machiavelli people talk about uh desantis is just kind of machiavellian figure uh like he, you know his like law machinations come ahead of i don't know like uh uh, uh getting the 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 charismatic speeches and stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. did you at the beginning of that did you specifically say the relationship with the university like what what a healthy one look like yeah okay i'll take a crack at that first of all you have to disconnect the money printer from the university system you there can be no no more federally backed student loans in fact mm-hmm. student loans should be illegal like liberal arts education in universities should be either the states if they want to fund them fund scholarships should do that but they should be entire, treated entirely like a a, 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 like a a private deal. Now, if we want to talk about like, oh, uh, stu- uh, you need to know Latin and uh, and Greek to apply. <laughs> yes, you have to be able to read. You have to be able to read Homer and Virgil to get. But uh, and, and if 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 we wanted to be nice, we could say, well, trade school, junior college, whatever. We could we could possibly do loans for that or subsidize people getting trade school education. Useful stuff. Uh, well, well, that would do two things. One, it would stop this this insane bloat for college. Like college administrators are are some of the biggest parasites on the planet, right? Everybody yeah. can agree on that. Yeah, totally. and, and, and they're like we're we're all collectively paying for that. It's not like the it's not like the young people are getting better educations with the insane amount of money that they're receiving. No, that just there are more people eating at the trough. So you disconnect that, and. Once and once you've done that, if you if you manage to succeed, uh, the market forces in the university will probably deal with wokeness. That uh, if there's no if there's no money in the gender studies department, or there's not a lot of money in the gender studies department, it's going to get a lot smaller. Right now, the the reason that these that like the the reason we have this woke plague on us right now is that there's been an unlimited amount of money just poured with a fire hose at anybody who got involved in any of these these studies and there's like NGO groups that are NGO groups are demanded. And I mean, you got to go even deeper and we're talking about the civil rights act and 20th century obsession with getting every single woman into the, into the university system, which is like, which was massively successful by the way. What is the, what's the spread now? 60, 40, right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there is, there is unlocked ways to do that. If you go to, if you go to like a college, like the deep South, they they'll provide, uh, uh, you know, baby stuff, uh, 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 to, to the women were, but this whole thing, it just makes me think of, uh, uh, Lord Yarvin, Curtis Yarvin. He's got <laughs> this thing where he says, basically like, you don't really have a choice of like designing, um, designing, like to do you, you're basically pro regime or anti regime. And so, and so <laughs> yeah. this, this kind of stuff, like, uh, you know, how would it play out? Like, you know, cause there's so, there's so many questions. Like, you know, if this thing like Harvard, or Yale, whatever, if they're still handing out, Harvard and Yale uh, 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 degrees. I mean, they're going to have immense power. Really, you know, we need to do something about the the uh, the, the the swap. That 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 is that is the big problem. So, but so okay. So let me ask like a totally cringe question. But like, so your version of populism is in tension with like de- with the idea of the fundamental idea of democracy. Would you say? Hmm, no. Well, well, I mean, so you know, populism is like uh, is like the beginning of democracy in America. So uh, there is, I mean, so it, Andrew Jackson, I don't know, like what what caused this this change in the uh, in the the voting the voting uh, regulation. But basically, normal people didn't vote on much at all until uh, until this Andrew Jackson election. Is that right, Merrick? 
in, in some states, yeah, you just that yes, people didn't have even popularity vote for the president. That's that's kind of, that's mm-hmm. yes, partially correct. That it wasn't it wasn't a guaranteed. Right. So, right. Right. So, and this this is where you know we get in a lot of trouble with like the general right, and this is the thing I was talking about going back before is that uh, I don't know if you can see old this one like George Wallace is now considered like one of those right wing people in American history. He was not in his day because of this thing where the Southern populists were pro New Deal. Right. 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 <laughs> we're we're a little bit off on that way. Yeah. Well, I, I need to. I need to, like. How do you mean? How's it in conflict with? Well, because I'm going back to like saying like, okay, the the, what working would look like would be like to have like a sort of authoritarian um, model, right? Authoritarian conservative or I forgot what you said, authoritarian right. um, Authoritarian is is needed. Basically, the the point of authoritarianism is to get rid of the oligarchy. So right now in we have like this. Who who really rules this is all this swamp. All these professors, all like this this vast broad thing. Like if you were just gonna, if if you were going to stop the progressives, like where would you where would you start? I don't know. You have you know you have no idea this broad thing. So decentralized leadership. You're, that, that, throwing, you're throwing around a term that's going to confuse people. Who okay, listen to this just, if they, if just, they come from Bach's perspective. When they hear authoritarian, they're not thinking that well, authoritarianism is how you end the oligarchy. Well, like, well, 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 Julius Caesar was a th- was. What about FDR? Everybody likes FDR, right? Yeah, but he created the bureaucracy. <laughs> He's the, the, the problem is our our bureaucracy is authoritarian. So like, it's going to be really confusing to people. Like, the, 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 you should this this is a lot more palatable than, than, than people. So uh, I don't know. If you look at look at George. Look at the last like four five presidents we've had, except for Trump, and you can see what happened to him when they walked into the White House. The first thing they did was completely reorganized the secret police. Uh, especially look, look at look at George W. Bush. So his dad ran the CIA. First thing he did when he walked in the door was like, I need to diminish the power of the CIA. Why would, why would he do that? You know, why, why, why would he do that? And so uh, same thing. So what did he do? He re- reorganized it and put uh, DHS above everything. What does Obama do? He reorganized it and puts um, the NSA above everything. Uh, everyone should be afraid of the, the deep state. They know what, They know what it is. We need to do something about it. Here's the problem with the word authoritarian. Authoritarian has had many meanings. And originally the, the meaning, it was kind of a meme word that was invented in the 20th century. What it meant was like, you're not, your, your political, your political process or whatever is, is not democratic. You don't let people vote. You don't let people decide for themselves. Well, Andrew Jackson wasn't that. He was an elected monarch. <laughs> like that, right, like that. So all, all I mean by authoritarianism is uh, accountability. You want someone to <laughs> be in charge mm-hmm. and and and, and, th- and take the heat for it. The, the executive has the executive has ultimately has to be the one that defeats the oligarchy. They have to be the one that defeats the, the permanent bureaucracy. It's the only. Oh, it, it, it's the only part, of, you know, constitutionally or legally. It's the only part of the uh, branch of government that could do that. Like. Tomorrow, the president could decide to ignore the concept of judicial review. He could do it, and it's not spelled out in the Constitution that judicial review is a thing. That's kind of one of those, uh, you know, democratic mores. It it could be thrown out the window tomorrow. The the executive can do an incredible amount of of, of stuff if if they want to exercise that power. And it's the only person, and not only, you know, through through the rules of the system, but like just historically, the only way to, to get rid of an oligarchy is with is with like one person willing to will power to do it. Now sometimes that comes in the form of like a dictator who, who becomes king, and sometimes that becomes in, in the form of 
a a leader who does what Andrew Jackson did, swings his around, you know, smashes the the United States Bank, and then you know goes off into retirement to 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 do you know whatever Andrew Jackson did. One of the asymmetries that sort of caused this. So if you ever see like all these different ways that the power is wielded in uh, a democracy, uh, capital D, things like all these councils and uh committees and all these meetings and stuff that people in the the professional managerial class have infinite time to play in uh so you know like uh this 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 woman we know that's at a, a, a college university uh that works in a, a university library they like you know once a week they just don't work and they just start uh they they, they type propaganda in wikipedia and so <laughs> like we the the normal the normal working person normal productive worker doesn't just has no ability to to engage in any of this stuff and so we need a ceo you know i i i totally agree with you that like the the voice and the desires and the wants of like the the working class the middle class have been totally erased from from public life in america i totally i totally agree with you about that but i i think i guess like the, my my question is like so I'm swimming in that like world, right? They, you know, they always come after me. They tried to get me fired a bunch of times. Like they humiliate you if they, there's mm-hmm. character assassination. Like you know, I'm really like swimming. Like I feel the power of like those people all the time. Like, um, but but I don't feel that they have power um, really. Like in a way that. Um, bothers me or impacts me because I still have a platform. I, I, and, and, and I, to me, like when I talk to working class people, like the things that they want are like, like actually very modest in nature. Like they, they don't complain mm-hmm. about like, um, sometimes they'll complain like, Oh, you know, I can't say this word at work anymore. It's like every, you have to walk around in eggshells now, all that stuff. But like, mostly what I find is like, you know, the, the, the struggles are for, you know, depending on where, you know, you fall in the like economic spectrum, like, you know, housing, healthcare wages, you know, um, you know, and then of course cops, like, I think it's, it's kind of a different story. They really are suffering from the, the woke stuff, like, you know, in a really, in a, physical like way that's really endangered them but um like so i guess like i i I, like are they just i guess my question is like why do you guys feel that the power that this teeny tiny like aristocracy wields is so great and i don't and also like well what would you say to people who are sort of who say that like no the struggle is just like i'll never be able to afford a home for my family like that that's the thing that is the most like and that the woke stuff is kind of a distraction from that oh oh so so that that's not a problem so we you know we we like uh um your immediate concern is you know your immediate concern these things about like where power lies and stuff these are deep philosophical questions that we bring on philosophers to Mm -hmm. discuss or whatever that is not that is not like uh, they don't they don't display i mean so like you Uh know the thing of like where does power lie like where does that is that that is an extremely difficult question like whether or not you would prefer more more money or prefer for health care and stuff that is a very simple question so those are those are those are separate things well, I mean, we—it's it, true that these, these people are a small percentage of society, but so were nobles, right? So, so the aristocracies are always a small percentage of society. That's just how it works. The problem is, who are they? Well, they populate the permanent bureaucracy that actually runs the country. No matter who's elected, right. the executive or Congress, they're always still in charge. They're in the court system, meaning they get to make the ultimate decision whether or not 
laws are legal and whether or not you are at fault for, for you know, whatever the, the, the cause du jour of the day. But full, full admission, though, th- this is all uh, this is all abstracted and like diff- so part of this part of the way that the rules are now is that it, they're, it's difficult to find. So when you said these people are not the power, where is the power? You know, it, 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 I mean. Well, I, I mean, I look at how much I mean, it's like oh, it's so funny because like you guys you're saying, look at what they did to Trump when he when he got when he got in power. Like, I totally agree with you. Yeah, they tried to run him out. They never accepted him as a legitimate president. I totally agree with all of that. Um, you know, made up all these hoaxes, all this crap literally from day one. We're going to impeach him. Right. Um, uh, but but he got so much done. I mean, if you had told me that somebody was going to be able to just like with the snap of his fingers, like overturn NAFTA, start a trade war with China, you know, like slap on all these massive tariffs, you know, he didn't manage to build the wall, but he managed to get, you know, mass immigration down like by a huge amount. Like if you had told me that a president was able to accomplish all that stuff, like in direct contravention to like that handshake neoliberal agreement between Republicans and Democrats, I would have told you you were nuts. So I just look at that like that was a direct manifestation of what he was put in office to do by his base. And he, you know, had so many things, you know, first step back, like I love that stuff. You probably think think less highly about that. But like that, that, that stuff is just, he, he did, he, he, I no, know. no, this, yeah. this is all, this is all, no, so th- this is all, so this is all good. And this, all this, this like stuff we talk about, like, oh, this Yarv and this, Yarv, this is like, uh, this is the next level of the, the, the deal. So you, when we, when we, when, when he walks back in the White House, um, you know, uh, so, so, you know, all these, these, these ways that they were, they were, uh, um, they were attacking and whatever. Uh, we, the, he had like he was trying to bring in like American people to to staff out his White House, and uh, disloyal staffers basically destroyed this list of people that were going to work for him. Stuff like that. It's, so it's, we're not saying it's the end of the world. We're saying, um, you know, he's you got to have the right targets. It is certainly not, we're certainly. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to jump off a bridge tomorrow. You know, <laughs> what, what, what Trump did was he. Just by saying the things he said originally, he he opened. The, Zamora had a great quote about this in the French election. They they accused Zamora of doing what Trump did. They said you're you're putting these evil words out into the ether, and, and people are hearing them, and it's making them bad. And and Zamora said, I'm not doing that at all. I'm not transmitting evil ideas. I'm just saying the things that you don't allow them to say anymore. I'm just I'm just right, repeating right. what they think, and that's what mm-hmm. Trump did. Yeah. And yeah. Like Trump stemmed the tide, and but the problem with the, with this is that like you know Trump is like James II, like he he had a, a hostile court. Everybody who worked under him was opposed to him, and they got rid of him in the end. Like they in twenty twenty, they got they uh, it, it great cost to everybody, but they did it. They got rid of him, and there's a good chance that everything that like for example the immigration thing. Well, that, that was it was great. We did for for a moment in time. We we had lower immigration rates. We had more wealth gain for the working class and the other classes. But that was all wiped out after 2020. We're going to have we, we we had the last two. The, now that the bat flu is officially over, we're going to have a massive wave of immigration. And, uh, foreign born America, uh, foreign born residents of America are almost as high as they have ever been in our history of our country. It, it, I mean, I'm not blaming him for this because he got deposed. I don't think that what what the things that he accomplished will last. And that's the pro- that's the ultimate problem. Whoever, a leader that wants to actually take a crack at fixing some of these problems has to find a way to get rid of the permanent bureaucracy and or at least replace them with people friendly to him. And if you can't do that, then you might as well not even become president because it's, it's, it's nothing but like a four-year reprieve. 
We're coming on. We're coming on time. Okay, so uh, we're at the end. Uh, can I ask you like uh, two questions? Uh, lead out. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, who did you like in the the last New York City mayor race? Um, well, I like I I have a problem with Andrew Yang because I don't believe in universal basic income. I, I think that that's like um, fundamentally like anti working class, and so um, and Eric Adams at the time, I mean, he was a joker, but um, he was talking about law and order at a time of rising crime. And it's like one of my biggest bugbears is that like these like rich white people sit in their like you know you know, extremely expensive neighborhoods and they're extremely expensive homes. And then they, they call people hysterics who are like, have to like walk through three gang territories for their child to get to work, you know, to school. Right. So like that's he, anybody who was like on the democratic side, who's willing to talk about like crime in inner cities and like the huge, huge toll um, that that's taking on the most vulnerable, like has my vote. So I, I was, I was very happy to vote for him. I, I didn't think he'd be able to, to, to handle the job and he's not, I don't think he was able to handle the job, but he said the right things. So I voted for him. You didn't like the vigilante? The vigilante. I mean, <laughs> um, he, I mean, he, he yeah, I, could, I, I don't think I, yeah, I, I couldn't take him seriously. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, have you been to um, Scarsdale? No. Should I go there? No, I, no. I, uh, so I went to school in South Florida. There was lots of um, uh, good looking Jewish women. <laughs> But I, I was, you know, uh, you know, we talking. But I was, I was told that this was nothing. That that the the promised land was was Scarsdale. The last, the last moment. This kind of philo-Semitism is why we get beat up by the frog people. You realize that, right? I do, I do, and I, I'm grateful for it. The, la- the last Jewish woman I asked this, she was like, my, she was like, uh, my, my, um, my, uh, what, what do you call the, uh, 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 my plastic surgeon's from there. He's <laughs> <laughs> Scots Irish guy, right? Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Scars, though. I just, I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay, I, th- I think we're done. And, and, and by the way, you are super brave for being. Uh, I mean, so you know, we talked to uh, Angela Nagel. She was in New York. Uh, uh, th- it's not a good place to 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 uh, have dissonant ideas. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're. you're uh, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, there's there's a lot of crazy people there. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I live in a, a sort of immigrant working class neighborhood where that's half Ukrainian and half Russian, so it's actually a really interesting place to be right now. But uh, <laughs> nobody here is woke. <laughs> there will always be a market for real journalists. That's that's one of the problems that people like the lady who got fired from the WAPO. Like yeah. in the end, there are going to be a few jobs for people who actually do the job of journalism that we all imagined in the '90s. Now, uh, there's a lot more people who want the job than can get it, but you know, you're, you you'll always have a place. I, ho- I mean, God willing, but I, I honestly don't think that we need journalism so much anymore. Um, that's my, yeah. But thank you for saying that. Based. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right. for having me, guys. They can-